Romans 16, 3. The Apostle Paul writing, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. The message paraphrase of verse 4 puts some words into our more common vernacular. Speaking of Priscilla and Aquila, Paul said, they once put their lives on the line for me. So I want to talk to you today about people who put their lives on the line. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for being here. Thank you for engaging online. Today as part of my message, I will take time to honor some people who serve in ministry at our church. And I'm not referring to the pastor and his family, pastoral staff, not even referring to our wonderful trustee board or our 301 leaders. But I'm referring today to the total family of volunteers at Atlanta West, the 342 people who serve in 780 volunteer roles at Atlanta West. Would you give them a giant round of applause right now? In fact, if you volunteer in any place of ministry at Atlanta West, would you stand for a moment, including our team, our staff? Would you stand? Would you give these people a round of applause for finding a place to serve in the body of Christ? Thank you. Thank you. And there are people serving in children's ministry, parking lot, all over our campus, and many were here serving this morning. These people, young and old alike, share a passion to serve the Lord and His people. Most people in our church serve in the shadows, seldom if ever are seen in the spotlight of a platform. However, they are faithful to God and their calling And every week, in one way or another, they put their lives on the line for the mission of the church. This local church and God's church around the world has a legacy of people like you, of people like Priscilla and Aquila, those who put their lives on the line every week, maybe every day, to make sure that the kingdom of God comes and that His will is done in the earth. This married couple, Priscilla and Aquila, are mentioned several times in the Bible, but Paul writes about them in Romans chapter 16. Now, the book of Romans is a theological masterpiece. It is an amazing uh, demonstration of divine genius as God anoints the apostle Paul to write this book. It is amazing in its depth, especially chapters 11 through 13, 9 through 11 rather. But in chapter 16, this final chapter of Romans... Paul transitions from all the theological depth of Romans to more practical greetings to several people. In fact, in 16 sentences, he greets 16 people and he greets them with the word greet. Or in the King James, there are times it uses the word salute. But in alternate translations and in the original Greek, he says greet, greet this person, greet that person, greet my fellow laborers. But but the very first Persons that he greets in Romans chapter 16 are Priscilla and Aquila. It's notable that her name is listed first. Some say 
that perhaps she came from a higher social class than Aquila. We don't really know the reason for that. They've laid down their necks for the Apostle Paul. We first meet Aquila and Priscilla in the city of Corinth when they go there to assist the Apostle Paul. Now, that's really not why they went there. Acts chapter 18 verse 2 tells us how they ended up in Corinth. The Roman Emperor Claudius ran all Jews out of Rome, evicted them by an edict of that emperor. So, here's Priscilla and Aquila, tent makers, a trade of leather working, tent making, and they, they've got to leave Rome. They're established there. They're successful there. They have a home there. But now, they have to leave. And they're not sure where they will go to continue their business, but they end up settling in this seaport trading center of Corinth with a harbor on either side of the isthmus there. And so they're planning to go there to work because that's what you do. They're in this prolific pagan city of Corinth. There are job opportunities there. But little did they know when they were run out of Rome that they would end up in Corinth for a purpose far greater than they ever dreamed. They meet the Apostle Paul. Maybe they had heard of them, him, we don't know, if they knew each other prior to this. But they meet Paul, and they're of the same trade or craft. So they go into business together, building tents, doing this leather work. But Paul is an apostle. He works by day, he preaches by night. He's in the Jewish synagogues. He's everywhere in Corinth for 18 months, establishing a church. And Aquila and Priscilla, who would be relatively unknown saints of God, are there, and now God has elevated them beyond their secular career. Now they are part of a divine purpose of establishing a church there. When I was studying this for this message, I thought about this story, and I really felt directed of the Lord to put this in my notes. And believe me, there's an economy of words today, and time is at a premium, but I felt like I should share this, that while Priscilla and Aquila are in Rome, they are forced out of Rome. It's like getting fired from your job, getting a transfer you didn't ask for. Now they've got to go start over in another city. I'm sure they prayed about where they should go. I would imagine they sought godly counsel before they made that decision, and hopefully they felt led of the Lord to go to Corinth. And why Corinth? Why not Corinth? God led them there. There is no question about that. And Priscilla and Aquila could not have known the plans that God had for them when they were forced out of their comfort zone into an unfamiliar place in a setting that was not familiar to them at all. They had churches in their home. They were foundational saints and leaders in the church in Corinth. Later, it was Aquila and Priscilla who led that famous orator, Apollos, into a more complete understanding of Jesus Christ, being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of his sins and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he, that mighty orator, would convince Jews that Jesus was the Christ. The names Aquila and Priscilla are mentioned three times in the book of Acts. A total of six times in the Bible. 
And I feel like there are times in our lives when God allows something to happen to us that we did not choose. They did not choose to leave Rome. They had to leave Rome. And our attitude toward that, our response toward the unpredictable circumstances of our life often will determine our destiny. But we do believe that a good man and woman's steps are ordered of the Lord, that God is guiding us. So I just want to tell you today that when things happen in your life that are beyond control, don't just blame God and don't have an attitude that is bad about that, but accept that God is at work in you. God's got the, God sucks. God has something better for you than you've ever dreamed about. And if you're on a path that you don't understand, but God has guided you there, stay on that path. And do what you can where you are. And make sure that even things that appear bad, like being evicted from your home in Rome, can turn out for good for the kingdom of God. Aquila and Priscilla. And then, while they're ministering there in Corinth with Paul, one day, or maybe it was one night, Paul's life was in danger. We don't know what happened or when it happened. But Paul said, when he was about to die, about to be killed, that Priscilla and Aquila laid down their own necks to save his. They put their lives literally on the line. They laid down their necks for him. And while we don't know the details of that, we trust that when Paul wrote this greeting in Romans chapter 16, that he felt it was important to let the world know, to let everybody know that this man and this woman serving in ministry with me were not just doing the minimum, but they were willing to go to the mat, to put down their lives if that's what it took to make sure that someone else could be saved. And Paul thanked them. And we know about it now only because Paul wrote about Priscilla and Aquila who put their lives on the line. And today, I want to honor the men, women, and young people who kind of carry on the legacy of Priscilla and Aquila serving the Lord, serving in ministry, finding their place in the body of Christ. We are their spiritual descendants who have learned how to serve, to rebound, to respond to negative circumstances in our lives and find a way for God to use us. Today, is an annual day at our church where we honor the amazing volunteers who serve in ministry at our church. I'm so thankful that today we could resume children's ministry and many of our volunteers are serving back there. But thank you to the 342 men, women, and young people who serve in ministry. I also appreciate our 71 301 leaders and all those who serve on our pastoral team in any way. On September 20th, I, I preached on being faithful to your calling. And I talked about the DNA of our church. That this is a church where it's not just a one-man show. It's not about one leader and many people following. It's about people stepping up, finding their place in the body of Christ, training and trusting people to multiply the ministries of this church. I thank God for you. This church is better because of you. And I know that there are people who are part of our church family that due to age or health, family or work situations, you're not able to serve in an official ministry of our church. 
but you found a way to make a difference in the world by how you live your life, and I thank God for you. Today I want to give some Lifetime Achievement Awards to people who have served the Lord not just for a year or even a decade, but they've given their lives to the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We'll present them after this service with a Lifetime Achievement Award for outstanding faithfulness, service, and sacrifice to the kingdom of God presented on this day. I'll give this award to several people and then some second mile awards. And I just want you to kind of throw this into the combination of this message today. We'll take a little more than normal time to give. First, I would like to honor Brother Preston Crabtree. Would you please stand, Brother Crabtree? Sister Crabtree, stand with your husband, please. Amen. Thank you, sir. You may be seated, Sister Crabtree. Brother Crabtree was raised in a denominational church, but came to church truth in the Navy through a shipmate named Jim Swank. He would find an area of the ship to study the Bible and pray together. And then after getting out of the military, they worked in ministry together. And by the way, I can't give an entire life history for these wonderful people so I'm picking some highlights to share with you today. Brother Crabtree loves to encourage people and pray for them. He loves to call you on your birthday and sing happy birthday to you if he knows your number. He's helped me with Freddie Guerra, special needs adult that is entrusted to my care. Thank you, Brother Crabtree, for that. He loves to lead and sing and play his guitar for hours at the Family Life Center dining room, Memorial Day picnic sing-alongs. And what a special time. He serves in ministry in nursing homes under the direction of Brother Wayne Walker. Brother Walker wanted to thank Brother Crabtree for his faithful service. He's been part of this ministry for a number of years. When Brother Crabtree started helping Brother Walker, he could feel that load lifted like Moses felt the load lifting off him when he got good help. Brother Crabtree brings people along, introduces them to the nursing home ministry so they can find a place of service in the kingdom of God. Brother Walker said, I never have to worry about Brother Crabtree when he's in charge of the service. He flows with the Spirit. He does a great job. He's a big help there. He is dependable. And in case you've forgotten, dependability is fulfilling what I agreed to do, even though it requires unexpected sacrifice. All the people love Brother Crabtree. Of course, this is pre-COVID. Now we're not able to do this. Pray that we can again. Flowing in the Spirit. And then when people cannot attend the service, they would go to that individual's room, sing songs, give a summary of the message to make sure that they were connected. Brother Walker said that Brother Crabtree is a faithful brother. Not only does Brother Crabtree serve in the nursing home ministry, which takes place typically on Saturday afternoon. He also serves in hope ministry that begins at 6 a.m. on Saturday mornings. And by the way, thank God that on October 17th, we will resume hope ministry in a very safe and limited way. I know Brother Greg Boyd and the entire team appreciate that. Brother Greg Boyd wrote that the people downtown, their friends there, Love it when Brother Crabtree sings those old songs and it gets them in touch with a time in their life that was better when they were younger and many of them raised in church. Takes them back. His energy is contagious. He never stops looking for a way 
to continue serving when Brother Crabtree is at Hope Ministry. They know that he will support any ministry, any particular thing that needs to be done in any way. And he also has a trademark request when he's coming to prepare for hope. Brother Greg Boyd, please make sure you have an apple fritter for me. A workman's late, worthy of his hire, right? Brother DJ Hill mentioned that in hope and nursing home, finding this place to serve, getting other people involved, hope early in the morning, nursing home in the afternoon. And as they say in the deep south, Brother Crabtree is not a spring chicken, but he still does a tremendous job serving and is still very active in our church. But he's also involved in Sheaves for Christ, that annual until this year, that annual walkathon. Brother Crabtree passionately raises sponsors. And he, with equal passion, collects those people from those people who sponsored him. Can I get an amen? Amen. You've sponsored Brother Crabtree. For many years, he has been our top adult fundraiser in the entire church. And even times after recovering from hip surgery, heat of the day, different health issues, Brother Crabtree has walked every time he could 10K, 5K walks, and we appreciate that so very much. Brother Joel went back since 2012. He has raised $15,000 for She's for Christ. Thank you, Brother Crabtree, for being involved. By your life, like Aquila and Priscilla, by laying down your life, you've impacted the world in a tremendous way, and we love you and appreciate you, and Sister Crabtree, thank you for serving with your husband and listening to him practice all those songs. The second person I want to honor today is Sister Mary Frazier. Sister Mary taught Sunday school to small children for the first time in the early 1960s, even before she'd received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Sister Mary, you're here today, I think. Unless you're serving somewhere. I saw you maybe between the services. Maybe I missed her in the morning service and should have had her stand. And then, 1965, she started teaching Sunday school at this church when it was called Northwest Pentecostal Church for about five years. And then when she was unable to drive there, she started attending the church in Mableton and taught Sunday school there for 17 to 18 years. She would provide coats, clothes, toys every Christmas for needy children. She asked her husband if she could get a job, a part-time job, so she could make money to buy gifts for her children. She said God led her to that first job, and she witnessed to the owner of that store or that business and won that person to the Lord. Their entire family came in the church. And later, that lady brought 40 people into the church, into the truth of the gospel because of her witness. At Mableton, Sister Mary led ladies' prayer and fasting. She sold donuts and uh, a peanut brittle door-to-door to raise funds. Here at Atlanta West, she volunteered for the nursery in the early 90s. And when she wasn't scheduled in the nursery, she always was available as a volunteer to substitute and fill in where she was needed. She loved working in the nursery and still talks about the babies that she cared for there. 
She also has a card ministry of sending cards. She has a list of people she sends cards to. And our family and my mom through seasons of sickness have been recipients of her prayers and of her very thoughtful cards. But she also has a ministry of prayer, a prayer list that she prays over every day, that list to remind her. Her grandson, Brandon Fraser said that Mama was such an amazing grandmother. She taught us how to pray and have faith in God. He said, I've never heard her talk negatively about anyone. She shows care and compassion. She has a tenderness and sympathy for other people who are hurting and going through difficult times. It's like grandma could feel the hurt of others. And when she does, she goes to God in prayer. She has a gift of encouragement and cards and notes and phone calls from grandma encourage many, many people. And just the other day when Sister Mary Fraser was pulling weeds in her garden, she got Brother Brandon on her mind, called him, ministered and encouraged him. And he said, just left him in tears from that amazing phone call from his grandmother. Sister Dana Fane, also granddaughter, talked about growing up and they would go stay at Mama Fraser's. And she would get four to five calls a day from people who would say, Sister Mary Frazier, we need you to pray for us. Dana said they would stop whatever they were doing, now two little kids, and pray. And she said, I don't mean just like pray, but touch God for them. Pray until you really touch the Lord. She said she taught Brandon and I to pray about everything and to believe that whatever situation, God was going to be involved. And she is a fervent prayer warrior and a person of tremendous faith. That's Mary Frazier. She's helped put together holiday baskets, cooked food for people in the hospital, for funerals, served in our fall festivals, visited people who were shut in or in the hospital. That prayer list, she comes by the church multiple times through the week or in the course of a month to Sister Cooper's office checking on the people she's praying for. She serves on our cleaning team here at the church and she also is not a young lady. I thank God for this amazing woman of prayer and ministry. Would you give Sister Mary Frazier another round of applause for a lifetime a lifetime of putting her life on the line. I'd also like to honor today Brother James and Sister Mary Ann Turner. If you don't mind, please stand, Brother and Sister Turner. Thank you. Brother Turner graduated from Purdue University in 1962 and under the terms of his ROTC agreement joined the U.S. Army, as a second lieutenant. He finished his service there, Vietnam, in 1967. Came home, went to Apostolic Bible Institute and graduated in 1970. In 1980, he became the very first chaplain of the United Pentecostal Church serving in the Air Force, and there is a great legacy of chaplains ever since. He helped start two Christian schools in Ottawa, Illinois, Pine Bluff, Arkansas. He was a principal and administrator there, also served in our school here at Atlanta West. In 2000, while trying to contemplate retirement, they went to help his brother, Brother William Turner, in the work in Russia. They spent as much as a year, mainly in Eastern Europe and Russia, 
teaching and training pastors and foreign ministers. Over the years, they've both taught Sunday school in the churches where they were members and serving on their team. In Princeton, Illinois, they witnessed to Robert Brent Graves about the oneness of God and baptism in Jesus' name. Robert Graves was saved and then wrote a book entitled The God of Two Testaments that has been a blessing. Brother Turner helped write that book with him. What a tremendous investment in this man that has now been multiplied to many, many other people. And that book is currently being translated into Spanish. Together through the years, they've taught multiple home Bible studies. Many people baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Sister Turner served in the United States Air Force as a nurse. While they served there, many airmen coming out of basic training were filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. I mentioned that they spent a year in St. Petersburg, Russia, while Brother Olson, the missionary, was on furlough. And then coming back, they settled here. They've gone back at least five times to minister over there in Eastern Europe. Sister Turner has taught Acts at Cobb County Jail since 2004. They've both been involved in our prison jail ministry here in addition to teaching home Bible studies. They've taken so many people under their wing to encourage people who are struggling. Brother D.J. Hill, our evangelism pastor, spoke about their ministry, and I didn't mention that teaching church history, a love of his life to teach and study church history. They served, he has served in hope ministry greeting people at the door by name, willing to pray for them at their seat. He could be teaching biblical principles, but chose to be a friend to those homeless men there. They've taught anger management. I think I mentioned that. They're so faithful to family prayer. Amazing people that find a place to serve and put their lives on the line week after week. Brother Turner's given rides to homeless men who wanted to attend church here, going downtown, picking them up, bringing them back, many of them baptized, and then taking them back downtown. We appreciate your sacrifice. Brother David Turner said, through the years they've been, that's their son, dozens of people filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. Many of those airmen that I mentioned earlier. He said, my earliest memories are of people in our home for Bible studies being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost right there in our home. One lady, Diane Edwards, is a pastor's wife. There's a Korean pastor that they won and discipled to the Lord. They're rarely in the spotlight, as I mentioned about so many of our people earlier, but they are stabilizers. They bring people to the Lord. They put the Word of God in them and a relationship so they have stickability in the church. And in all of that, their involvement in ministry did not turn their family off to the Lord, but their children walk in truth. And I thank you, Brother and Sister Turner, for your years, your lifetime of service to the Lord. And would you thank them again? Why don't you thank all of these recipients now? Now, there's a second award we give. It's not for a lifetime. Sometimes it's for a single act or involvement in ministry. It's called the Second Mile Award. Jesus said, if someone forces you to go one mile, typically a Roman soldier forcing you to carry his pack, 
The first one is out of obligation. The second one is out of love, that you're a Christian and you go beyond the call of duty. That is the spirit of the second mile spirit award, and I'll give a few today. Honestly, this award could be given to many of the 342 volunteers in our church. So these people are representative of the sacrifice of people who lay their lives on the line. The first is Sister April Pye. She, along with her sister Virginia, served in ministry in our church. We're focused on Sister April today. You can count on her to serve when scheduled. She's always serving with a smile. She's faithful to Hope Ministry, where she and Virginia go downtown, and they love those people there. Sister April has a smile that is contagious, and when people come and they see her smile, it lifts their spirits. She's so warm and friendly. They, Sister April and Sister Virginia, take time to check on other people. If somebody in their team is going through something or having a bad day, they make sure that they encourage other members of the Hope Ministry team. Sister April Pye is diligent in serving in guest services. She makes our guests feel welcome here, helping connect them to our church so they can be saved and also encouraging other people. When Brother D.J. Hill's grandmother passed away, she wrote him a nice letter to let him know that she was praying for his family. Thank you, Sister April Pye, for going the second mile to serve in ministry at Atlanta West. Amen. My second award actually goes to three people, three brothers, Dylan, Philip, and Tristan Evans. When COVID-19 shut down our services, Dylan Evans took on the task of managing video production of Wednesday and Sunday services. And this is a high-pressure ministry where lots of things can go wrong. Dylan has served in every service, both online and in person, with the exception of a couple times, I think this is only three times they're out of town today, that they've been out of town all the way dating back to March. He's always early, always prepared to serve. He stays when service is over and everybody else can go to see how things went, to get some coaching or share ideas to make sure we can improve how things go at Atlanta West. He volunteered to assist special video projects like all of the devotions and the CHIPS lessons. And then he took it upon himself to recruit his brothers to also come help him. So Philip came first to run cameras and work on Wednesdays when no one is here and on Sundays. And then it was safe. Then Tristan joined their team. I appreciate Brother Enoch and Sister Beth Evans for encouraging their sons and supporting them to be involved in ministry at Atlanta West. But three, these three young men, teenagers and young adults, they serve in ministry. They are faithful. They are always here. They're dependable. They're early. And I thank God for people who go the second mile for Jesus Christ and his church. Thank you, Dylan, Philip, Tristan. The next volunteer is Sister Wendy Barker. Would you give her a hand with Sister Wendy? 
before COVID took us all by surprise. She did an outstanding job teaching in the classroom in children's ministry. When we had to shut down, she saw right away we needed to create an online presence. We did, and she became part of that team of teaching devotion. She recorded five lessons, taking time from other responsibilities to come to the church. And she, along with other CHIPS team members, had Zoom conferences for our children, was involved in connecting to our children through the last several months. I appreciate also 301 leaders, Becca Austin and Russell Robinson for teaching lessons, Brother DJ Hill, others that we've uh, recorded from other places and brought in. But then in addition to all of that work in children's ministry and Zoom conferences, uh, Sister Wendy is also a representative of ours. When someone engages with our church online and they make a comment, it is most of the time Sister Wendy Barker who corresponds with them, who types something in to represent our church. So while she's watching church, she's also witnessing and helping engage people in the online worship experience. I appreciate Sister Wendy, her husband Ricky, and their entire family for going the second mile to minister at Atlanta West and all of our teams that serve in children's ministry. Would you give them a hand right now? The final recipient of the Second Mile Spirit Award is Sister Charity Hudgens, a young lady who serves on our evangelism team in guest services and on the altar team and in production. She is always willing to step in where she is needed. She demonstrates sincerity in connecting with our guests, assuring them that they're welcome at Atlanta West. She's been a key person in our altar services. She serves in helping people find the Lord. In our production team, she's an incredible volunteer. Before COVID-19 changed the way we had church, she was a camera operator, a choir member, a children's ministry team member, always serving faithfully. And because she serves with excellence, Charity is the type of volunteer that everyone wants on their team. During covid She's assisted in the video department. She's constantly serving in various ways. She always serves with a good spirit. She represents us with godliness and modesty and spirituality. She's alert to the needs of other people, especially our guests. And we appreciate Charity for being faithful, dependable, a spiritually mature young lady who is an example for all believers and she's respected by people of all ages because she is a godly young lady. Would you give charity and would you give everyone who received a second mile spirit award an applause right now. Amen. All of these people and all of those who've never gotten an award but who serve in ministry anywhere in our church or in our community, you are in really good company. When you have a heart to serve the Lord by serving His people, you're joined by people like Aquila and Priscilla, who Paul said, for my life, laid down their own necks, and Paul said, 
I want to tell everybody that I want to say thank you. Now, Paul was just a person, one man. But Aquila and Priscilla thought his life and ministry were worth saving. And so they laid down their necks for him. But the influence of that single act of selflessness and sacrifice went far beyond Paul as a person. When Paul wrote this in Romans 16, he said, I personally thank them for laying down their necks for me. But then Paul said, but all the churches of the Gentiles, implying that we all owe them a debt of gratitude. It wasn't just Paul's life. It was every person who would ever hear Paul preach. It was Onesimus that Paul would win to the Lord in prison. It was the letters he wrote to the churches. Every one of us here today should probably give a shout out to Priscilla and Aquila for putting their lives on the line for the great Apostle Paul. If it was not for a few snippets of information, we would never know that they existed. They weren't notable apostles. They were tent makers. They were good saints in a local church. But then they found this place of ministry and they put their lives on the line for the Apostle Paul And every Gentile in every church around the world owed them a debt of gratitude. So I want to tell you today that you never know, you never know how a single act of sacrifice or of selflessness will impact the world. I have a feeling that Priscilla and Aquila didn't even give it a second thought. And Paul needed them to step in. I I don't know what it was. And intervene for him to save his life. They just did it. They didn't know one day somebody would preach about them. They didn't get an award. But every saved person in the world who came to God as a direct or indirect result of the ministry of the great apostle Paul could look back and say thank you for giving to the Lord. Thank you for serving in such a selfless manner. Thank you for being uprooted but not getting bitter but finding a place in Corinth. They had church in their home in Corinth and church again in Rome. They laid down their necks. And I'm inviting you to an amazing adventure of ministry. If you already serve anywhere, I encourage you to keep on keeping on. Don't throw in the towel. Don't take a lifetime break. But open yourself to the Lord to be what He's called you to be to make a difference in ministry. Would you bow your heads and we're going to pray and then we'll respond to the Word of God together. Our precious Lord Jesus Christ, When you came to this earth, Lord, you did not serve with a scepter. You served with a towel. You took a basin and you stooped to wash the feet of your disciples. And you said, if I am your Lord and Master, would wash your feet. 
that you should wash one another's feet. So today, Lord, I thank you for setting the bar high for what it means to sacrifice yourself, the ultimate sacrifice of your life's blood on the cross for our sins. We owe you a debt of gratitude that we could never pay. But like Paul said, Lord, we, we are debtors to Jews, Greeks, to barbarians. We, we feel a sense of debt, Lord, to all of those who are in need of you. I pray that you would encourage every person serving in ministry here. I pray for precious elders who have served a lifetime and due to physical challenges may not be able to do as much as they did before. But their life is a testimony and their prayers are incredibly powerful. I pray, Lord, for the person who is like those workers in the marketplace or standing idle, Lord. Why, why are you standing there? Why are you doing nothing? And they said, no man has hired us. So today, Lord, I pray, I pray to the Lord of the harvest that you would call men and women, call young people into a place of significance in ministry. For Lord, we do not live for success. We live for significance. We want our lives to count for eternity.